For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody? Your boy, Ike freaking Feldman, back in the saddle. Hope you guys are doing well. I'm doing extremely well. Amazing personal life events going on on my end. The last time we left off, I was interviewing two young stars in Donald D. Money, Arena, and Tom Beethoven De Janeiro. Two guys kicking ass. For Combat at the Space, a Lou Neglia and Ray Longo product. Amazing night for others. Gilbert Rosario, Tiger Shulman's product. Callaway Treble, Marcus Blackstar Reed, who had the performance of the night. Incredibly. Seven-second knockout. Amazing things for all the winners from Combat at the Space. I can't speak highly enough for the skill level of these amateurs. They're coming from Elite Gyms, Legend MMA, Long Island MMA, Tiger Shulman's MMA, Lions MMA, of course, Matt Serra, BJJ Academy, Law MMA, Longo Weidman. Just incredible. And they put on a fantastic show. The pace is great. The commentary is great. The venue is perfect. There's no bad seat. If you want to be close to the action and hear the snap of the punches and the whips of the leg kicks, sit on the floor or sit in the balcony or mezzanine Lower balcony seats. Fantastic product. So that's where we left off with Combat at the Space. And then the week after that, UFC 294, Abu Dhabi. Some really, really late changes. Under two weeks were made. I wasn't sure if it was legitimate news when I saw it breaking on Twitter. I was like, is this real? Is Kamaro Usman going to fill in for Paulo Costa, who's had just a weird run since his title fight back at UFC 253, I believe, against Israel Adesanya. Paulo Costa up in weight, down in weight, up in wins, down in wins. But always a amazing follow. But he pulled out of this fight. We know he's had pre-fight issues making it to the cage in the past. It was... uh. So many fights have been rumored with Paulo Costa over the years. Uh, Jared Cannonier, Robert Whitaker, and uh, now the Hamza Chamaya fight never happened. Even though he looked great in his training videos on his social media, he looked like he was ready to brawl. 
It was former UFC welterweight champion stepping up in weight, stepping up on short notice, of course, getting that bag, getting that payday, and fighting a young, hungry, undefeated, very confident, very well-rounded, very skilled Hamza Chemaev. And Kamaro, the Nigerian nightmare, Usman made it a hell of a fight. A lot of people thought that he was going to be drained if the fight hit the mats, if Hamza Chemaev got a hold of Kamaru Usman. Usman may not make it to the third round. He may be too drained. We know that he's conserved his wrestling, his grappling in past fights against Covington, against Leon Edwards, because he wants to conserve the tank, maybe be more pointed in his takedowns and well-timed in his takedowns. But Hamzat shot early, shot often. Usman was able to fend off a couple of them, get back to his feet, and make it a scrap. So hats off to Usman. No doubt he was going to make it to the final horn. That's the heart of a champion. Tough spot to go across the world on such short notice. Uh, obviously not having an 8 to 10 to 12 week training camp behind him. That's worked well for some in the past. You look to Nate Diaz against Conor McGregor. You look to Michael Bisbing against Luke Rockhold. Usman did not knock out or submit Hamza Chemaev, but he just reaffirms the respect for the combat sports community, taking the fight, showing up, scrapping, making it to the final horn against just, as I mentioned before, an absolute killer. In Hamza Chemaev. So what's next for Chemaev? Is it Duplessis? Drake is Duplessis? Is it Sean Strickland? Is it Paulo Costa? He's in the driver's seat. He remains in the driver's seat. He's a fan favorite. I believe he has a little bit of an edge. Even though he does not have the gold strap around his waist. Fight fans are not dumb. We may be delusional. We may have outrageous takes at times. But we are not dumb. We understand that Sean O'Malley's path to the title was easier. Hamza Chemaev, he's been grinding, and there is no easy path to the middleweight title. He has to go through either Robert Whitaker, Duplessis, Paulo Costa, Jared Cannonier. There are killers there waiting for him in his next fight. I don't think it's going to be a title fight. That does not make sense. He needs more time to get better, more time to be groomed, and just more cage time to just understand the horsepower that he has and pick and choose his spots where he can hit the gas. I think a fight against Whitaker would be great. I think that would really force him to calm down. He's not going to come out of the gate and wrestle. That would be dumb because Whitaker has an extremely great gas tank. He's well-rounded in jiu-jitsu and wrestling. Sum that up to grappling. It would not be easy. And if Whitaker keeps it on the feet, that's a tall task for anybody who faces the former middleweight champion. So give me one more fight for Hamzat. Not in home territory, maybe. And then let's go from there. If he wants to do 170... So be it. If he wants to continue to stay at 185 and really pursue this, 
then you got to give me one more fight before he fights for a title. I'm sorry. And I'm also sorry and I feel bad for current UFC featherweight champion Alex the great Volkanovsky for man, the guy's got balls like Camaro, he got a bag, took the fight on short notice, had to make the Sheiks happy. Charles Oliveira, maybe he was not completely itching to get back to Abu Dhabi and face the same opponent whom he lost his title to in Islam Makhachev. You got to understand that Volkanovski has that confidence because of his UFC 280 fight, 284 fight against Makhachev, where it was back and forth, but there were other factors that have to be accounted for as well. Mahachev was fighting in Alexander Volkanovsky's backyard. Volkanovsky had a full training camp. Volkanovsky did not have to travel. Now he gets the call on 12 days notice. He has to lose 26 pounds in 11 days. And it showed he wasn't sharp. He seemed like he, that first minute, the first two minutes, he was like, okay, maybe this extra weight he could hang in there. But no matter what the bag was, no matter what the the purse was for Volkanovsky, it affects his legacy. He got knocked out for the first time in the UFC. Bad. Credit to Islam for capitalizing on a trend that he saw maybe in the first fight, maybe in tape over the years, but he finally pulled the trigger with the left high kick, caught Volkanovski in the top of the dome and finished the job, got his hand raised, re- retained the title, the lightweight title. Obviously for Volkanovski, he can go back down the featherweight, fight Taportia, and whoever else is in line at featherweight, I get it. It's a challenge. It's fun. It's exciting. It's a big opportunity. He fought you in your home. Now you're going to his home. But big risk, excuse me, big reward comes with big risk. So he paid for it. And uh, shout outs to Mark Goddard. Perfect stoppage. Mark gave a. Uh, a shout-out to both combatants in the main event on his social media and just very expressive of how much he appreciates what they do and how much they sacrifice for people's entertainment and that he truly loves his job. Mark Goddard, great referee, also a martial artist. It's uh, It stings if you're looking at it from the martial arts perspective, what happened to Volkanovski. Obviously, as a career move, he's got big balls. He got paid. He's still in the driver's seat in his division, one division down at featherweight. But it hurts. It still hurts. A loss is a loss is a loss. Just like a win is a win is a win. Credit to Islam Makachev. He's kicking... But 
in Abu Dhabi. You saw him back at UFC 280 submit the unsubmittable in Chucky Olives. Incredible with the head triangle. Knock out the unknockoutable in Volkanovski. Quietly becoming one of the best fighters of his generation. Is Poirier next? Is Gaethje next? That makes sense. I would love to see it. We saw some news or a tweet which made news. Max Holloway gave a friendly challenge to Justin Gaethje. That would be fun. I would love to see what changes Max Holloway can make. If you guys forget, back in 2018 and 19. Coming off UFC 231 against Ortega in December, he quickly jumped at a fight against Dustin Poirier, who was a heavy-handed lightweight in April of 2019. And it just shows you how much he doesn't fluctuate because Holloway, following that loss to Poirier at UFC 236, made a quick turnaround for UFC 240 in July against Frankie Edgar. And he made the 145 limit, no problem. And then fought and lost to Volkanovski in that December, UFC 245. So I have no problem with Max Holloway wanting to take another shot at lightweight. And it's not like it's a layup. He's fighting a guy who is on a tear, who's on fire, supremely confident following his UFC title loss to Charles Oliveira early last year. Justin Gaethje versus Max Holloway is a fight for the baddest motherfucker. No doubt. And that's what Max was tweeting. Hey, uh, is that BMF title still on the line? Something of that nature. Uh, Something along those lines. But a lot of fun fights to make. Fight that is not happening. John Jones, Stipe Miocic, UFC 295, Madison Square Garden. Unfortunately, the card was going to be epic. Absolutely historical. And I don't know if there's some weirdness. There's always weirdness surrounding John Jones. Is this a steroids thing? Did they show footage that was uh, a put on, an act? To show that John Jones couldn't fight? Are they saving John Jones and Stipe Miocic for UFC 300? Hmm? Hmm? Possibly. I feel the card is good, especially for a local fan. You get. A bunch of local guys at the MSG card. Terrific. But, man, it would have been absolutely blockbuster if John Jones for Stipe Miocic for the heavyweight title was on the line. Now, we get Tom Aspinall, Sergey Pavlovich filling in, not as the main event, but underneath. Yuri Prohaska, who makes his long-awaited return after a severe shoulder injury related to training 
facing former UFC middleweight title champion Alex Poetan Pajeda. That's going to headline MSG. That's going to be chaos. I, I was supremely looking at that, to that fight. And then you get Jones, Miocic. But in the grand scheme, okay, we get more focus on very quiet warriors. Guys, I have continually said that. Yeah, Conor McGregor is now lurking in the shadows. Post-Cowboy Cerrone win. Post-Eddie Alvarez win. Post-Floyd Mayweather fight. We could see how... The seesaw has tipped towards a non-favorable direction for his in-cage fighting career. But what Conor McGregor did was put the sport on the largest sports platform in ESPN. There's not going to be another Conor McGregor, okay? As I mentioned years ago, that... McGregor bringing more eyeballs to the sport, bringing more casuals to the hardcore side, bringing more non-fight fans to the casual side. Just plain bringing more people to watch mixed martial arts at its highest level. You can still thank Conor McGregor for that. Now, it's up to the storytellers and the promotion of the UFC to give the background of a Hamzat Chemaev to give the background of a Robert Whitaker, a Yuri Prohaska, a Alex Pajeda, guys who maybe English is not their first language with Hamzat, Yuri, Pajeda. You're shining a light on guys who are just as skilled, just just as involved in their craft as McGregor. But maybe not the, the better salesman, obviously. Your Prohaska is not going to wear a chinchilla unless he's wearing a bear freaking costume with the fangs hanging over his forehead at the press conference. Conor McGregor with the no shirt, the white mink, the red leather pants, he brought this sport to ESPN. And now it's for the quiet killers to get the attention. Basically, the new age Leota Machidas to get the attention. I love it. As a pure martial arts fan, this is a fight that you dream of. Absolute killers. Just destroyers. Live, breathe, sleep fighting in Yuri Prohaska. The Mountain Wild Man and Alex Pajeda. The Jungle Wild Man. You love this fight. The countdown is going to be incredible. It's going to be something mythical. And the skill sells the fight. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Stipe speaks well. Stipe's strong-minded. John Jones uh, has a couple of one-liners. John Jones is well-spoken. Uh, that's great and fun. That sells. John as the villain, Stipe as the good guy. That sells, sells, sells. But what I'm looking for, the sale? Who has the better display of martial arts skill on fight night? And Yuri Prohaska, Alex Pajeda? That's the Super Bowl of pure 
striking martial art on display. I cannot wait for that fight. Absolutely pumped. But before we get to that fight, and speaking of heavyweights, yes, I know those boys are light heavyweight, but I meant with the John Jones Stipe. Speaking of heavyweights, the baddest, the battle of the baddest is tomorrow again in the Middle East. These sheiks are throwing money around. God bless them. Inshallah. Let these fighters get that bag. Let them get paid. Incredible. We get Tyson, the Gypsy King Fury, against Francis, the Predator, and Ganu. Oh, man. It is going to be epic. It is going to be fireworks. I'm extremely excited for this fight. A lot of people knocking Francis. I was confused when I saw the training footage, but I'm glad somebody else on Twitter. Shout-outs to Rob Nakamura for also pointing out that Francis is sandbagging with some of this sparring and focus mitt footage. I agree with that. Go back and watch Francis at the MMA Factory, I believe it is, in France. If you see in his him hitting pads with his former coach, Fernand Lopez... He is quick on the mitts, quick on the mitts. So this sluggish, hit the mitts like you're swinging underwater, I'm not buying it. Now, Tyson Fury has the ultimate sandbag in that you can't deny the dude looks like the Michelin man. Francis isn't buying that, that yeah, he's fat and pudgy. Fury is smooth. And sophisticated in his striking. Maybe comes across as a bully. And arrogant. On the mic. But he is a smooth operator. Once he steps into the squared circle. Now Francis is no dummy. Widely intelligent. Super keen. Understanding this art that he's. He's been dreaming of since he stepped into an MMA gym. He wanted to be a pro boxer before he wanted to be a pro MMA fighter. And obviously we know the path he took. Achieved great heights in mixed martial arts. Now jumping into the sweet science. Francis looks to do something so incredible that if he wins, people will be screaming that a fix is in order. Now, you have to look. Tyson Fury has a fight lined up with Alexander Usyk in December. Right there, that's telling me that there is not a fix-in. That if you were going to fix something and do that immediate rematch between Francis and build it up again, you don't schedule your next fight to unify the belts. Or if you really want to throw everybody off the scent, you do schedule a future fight against Usyk. And Usyk has no problem waiting. He is the seaside when it comes to Tyson Fury. So he w- would absolutely have to wait for Fury and Ngannou to do a rematch, to do a whole promotion. He might even take one or two fights in the interim to stay busy. He's the way down B-side. 
when it comes to Tyson Fury and unifying the belts. So it will be very, very interesting what happens tomorrow in Abu Dhabi. I'm extremely pumped for this fight. It deserves a lot more attention. Not enough people are giving Francis a shot. Not enough people were giving McGregor a shot. I remember and now ESPN boxing reporter Mike Coppinger, he was like giggling when I said, yeah, McGregor will make it to a decision. No doubt about it. And people were like, oh, my God, he made it to the 10th round. This is incredible. I was I was a little disappointed. I, I really saw McGregor making it to the 10th round. Now, a lot of people don't understand that boxing Yes, while dangerous and concern around head trauma is there, the rest of the body can rest and recover a lot faster than it can for an MMA training camp. Francis knows this. McGregor knew that. So whatever you saw from Francis in the UFC, throw that out of the window. I expect Francis to be a lot looser, to have less muscle, to be a lot more fluid, to be well prepared to go the eight rounds, I believe, or the tenth round, uh, ten rounds. It's going to be a must-watch, and fight fans across the world will tune in. This should just, like I said, promotion is fun. It pays the bills. But... What makes legacy is the skill of the art. I'm more excited to see what type of strategy, what type of pace Francis Ngannou comes out. Does he come out swinging? Has he discovered to relax and use his jab? If you guys forget, a lot of things was were big motions, big actions in his UFC fight. That in a boxing match would not bode well for him. And Tyson Fury is a long lanky, smooth operator who would easily dodge and avoid those punches. So it's Francis's job to be patient, to pick his spots, to explode when necessary, and try to shock the world. Guys, thank you for tuning in to another Iktagon podcast. I obviously, obviously had to have a a lot of stuff on YouTube, videos, interviews. This is the more slowed down, intricate take. Do you know what I mean? Follow me everywhere at Iktagon, I-K-E-T-A-G-O-N. Go to Iktagon.com if you want to learn more about me. I love you guys. Thank you for following, liking, reposting, subscribing, sharing. The love is mutual. Your boy, Ike Feldman, is out. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.